0: Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons. Listen now as Stan makes it clear.
1: Okay, let's go on a little bit more here because we talked a little bit about um, individuals. I do want us to remember that we'll always have the poor with us. Proverbs 19.17 says... One who is gracious to a poor man lends to the Lord, and he will repay him for his good deed. I'll never forget, I was a young buck guy in Bible college, and I want to welcome, we have some folks here that are looking at today's service to see if they want to go to Florida Bible College. And in spite of today's service, I hope you still go to Florida Bible College. <laughs> All right, back to this. Um, listen carefully. She, she, she spoke in chapel. She was a Florida Bible College grad. She was Japanese. And she was going back to her country. And this was back in the seventies. A lot of unrest in America with Vietnam War and all of that. And she went there, and she came back, and um, she she was she, she said, "I don't have very much, but even in my own needs as a missionary, she says I give to the Lord. I give and I give to people who have a particular need because in my mind it's like I'm I'm, I'm putting into my my bank account in the sky, and then when I have a need, I can just." Go to, go, go to the Lord and then withdraw that when I have a need. I'll never forget Tamako. She's in heaven now. Had a great missionary among the Japanese, among her own people, which is another good thing to do. But she had it right. I will give knowing that I'm actually putting money ahead. And that if I need it, I can go to the banker, God, and he'll take care of me. She didn't die a starving saint. She didn't die a wealthy saint. She died a fulfilled saint. All right, what you've all been waiting for, my guidelines for selecting what ministries to support. I don't know if you have been. So let me qualify before I go over this list. Um, this list has served Carol and me for the last 48 and a half years of our marriage, and even before then when we were kind of engaged and you know engaged to be engaged and all that kind of ooey-gooey ooey stuff you do before you get engaged. We, we set out a plan of how we would give our money. I will, not, I will also say, in Scripture, when you're selecting ministries and missionaries and churches and all, there is not a very clear, there's not the book of giving in the Bible. You're not going to find that. But I tried to take all of Scripture and all the biblical principles that I studied at the time and shaped and honed over the years, and I've come up with this. I am not preaching you to do what Stan and Carol does, but I am letting you to see a little window into our little private life of how do we give? And so here it is. We have two phases. It's a vetting process we go through before we give our money. We're very careful to who we give to, and it's not because we're stingy, greedy. It's not listen. It's not because we're totally controlling, although we are a little bit. We believe that God gave us this money, and I'm going to not only have an account of how I spend it, on what kind of food I buy or car I buy, I have to make sure I I, I run through it. But even I'm going to have to give an account. To whom I gave it, why I gave it, how much I gave or didn't give. I'm going to give an account of all of that. So, because of all that, that account is not just, did I give any money? No, that's not enough. It's, did I give it to the right people for the right reason? Were they properly qualified? Will this fit into your ultimate plan? Now, will all of this work 100% of the time? I don't know because I'm not omniscient. There is a faith level. So, here it is. Phase number one I ask this question Are they biblically based? In other words, do I know that that is a biblically sound organization? Have I read their doctrinal statement? Do I know in some measure that they're living it out while they communicate a clear and correct gospel message? So I am not just going to give it to any missionary. And sometimes I I, I grieve when I give it to a pot that people then decide on on my money than to give it away to missionaries that I'm not certainly certain that they have a clear gospel presentation. But I can't always control that because if I don't give to the pot... Then the ones that do won't get it, and the ones that shouldn't get it get it. I I can't stop all of that. So that's where, listen to me, that's why I have to have confidence in the spiritual leadership that they are evaluating the people we give money to. They're not just because they came in our, they they grew up in our church, they're my good buddy, they got a good life, they're suffering a little bit. It's a lot more than that when I give. Next, do they have godly and passionate leadership over the ministry? Godly is one thing, but passionately may be missing. They're godly, but they're just trying to keep an organization alive. They're godly, but they have nowhere else to go. They should retire, but they're not really retiring, and they need the money, can't find anybody else. So they stay in the, uh, So I want them to be godly, I want, them be, but there's a lot of passionate guys. Man, they're so passionate for the Lord. And then they go out smoking and joking with their buds afterwards. We don't want that either. So I look at that. Is it led by, and are these missionaries the best I can? I'm not God. I can't judge. I'm not, not criticizing. I'm not... Not condemning, but am I seeing some godliness and passion in there? Number three, do they have a focused mission? Are they all over the map? They're trying to find themselves. They're chasing every little dream that they might have. Or are they really focused on their mission? I'll talk about that in just a moment. Are they multiplying rather than just adding? Are they just evangelizing, but they're not discipling? And let me flip that. Are they only discipling? Because it's really fun to disciple people. It really is. I mean, they're hungry for the Word. They want to learn. They're all excited. You're watching them grow. It's those lost people that hate God, hate you, hate the Bible, and you're trying to reach them. Who wants to reach those people? That's a big job. i like, this is more fun. So you want to have both of them together that they're doing it. All right? That's phase one. If they pass that phase, I'm saying, hmm, I think we've got something going here, Carol. I think I'd like to take some of our money and see what we can do. But we're not done yet. Phase two is this. Are they driven by purpose? In other words, do they have a a good mission statement, a vision statement? Are they staying true to the purpose of the vision, of the mission, the objectives of that organization? Or is that just something that the founders had 100 years ago and now they really drifted from that? Next, is the ministry staff qualified? Are they clean and close to the Lord? Are they living a faithful life, faithful to the Word, faithful to their vows, to God, to their mates, to their organization, to people? Are they walking the talk? Is their walk and talk matched? Next, are they fully accountable? Who are they accountable to? Who's watching the money? Who's the keeper of the gate? Are they asleep at the switch? What's the government think of the government things that they have to do? Are they doing it right? Are trying to you know cut corners illegally? Do they have an effective process? In other words, you can have a great ministry, but is the process their model of whatever that ministry is or church, is it working? Is it working? If it's not, it's like a dead horse. Get off it. Okay, so let's go on. Is their performance measurable with clear and consistent communication? Now, that, that was a hard one for me because I don't, I don't want to judge how soon fruit needs to show up. I pl- plant corn and come right up, but it's gone quick too. I plant an oak, it takes a long time. It'll last a long time, but it takes a long time for it to come up. But on the other hand, if they've been around a long time and there's no fruit, I wonder, all right? Next, actually I'll let this be last before I go into how to give, all right? Is the entire ministry prayer saturated with total emphasis on glorifying only God? I'm blessed here at this church that after I get done preaching that there's a group of people on their own voluntarily, they meet for 15 minutes after the service. Four fifteen 15 minutes. I know it's not long, but longer than a lot of other churches, perhaps. And they pray. And they don't pray for all the people that are sick in the church. Most of the time, they pray for, did this message sink into my heart, your heart, our heart, and those that are going to hear it? Our lives being changed by the Word of God. We want to have a prayer-saturated ministry emphasizing the glory of the Lord. Can you give me a couple more minutes, folks? Don't all say yes at once. Let's go on. I want to talk about how to give. This won't take long, and the reason is it's not that I have to give it a lick and a promise. The joy I have is that I have a church that already knows this, but I'm going to put it together for you in one message. How should I give? Number one, here they are, very simple, one word, willingly. When you give your money, you know how hard you earned it, how hard you have to work for it. You know your basic needs of life that you need to take care of. But now when it's time to give, you want to give it willingly. It says for if the readiness is present, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not what he doesn't have, so I hope you have a readiness to give, but only give out of what you have all right and you can't give what you don't have, all right, but give what you have, but be ready to give it, and it should be present with you all the time, wherever you go. It ought not to be a tipping god or an obligation thing as much as it should be. I can't wait, I can't wait to get paid every week, not so I can pay my light bill, although that is important, but I can't wait to give because now I've got financial commodity that I can give to the Lord. Number two, purposely. I want to give purposely. I want to give on purpose. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart. So it's the willingness, but there's also a purpose that you have have pushed into your life, into your economics, the actual purpose that I'm giving. Everything has a purpose in life. Everything we do has purpose, including giving. And so when I give, I want to give on purpose. If this is something that is not an, uh, an option, it's not something that I kind of endure, it's done on purpose. Number three, this is a little bit longer one because it's a little new for some of you. I call it strategically, that you give strategically. Strategically means that you're looking over the money that the Lord has brought in, you're properly getting it, you're properly managing it with the purpose of making sure you have money to give but when you give, it's not just dump it in the offering plate, let's get on with the show. It's all that I've already taught you about how you vet people, who's giving, and what you're, you're strategically using that money. It is, again, a tool to build the kingdom of God with. And there is faith. You've got to trust the people. They're not always going to use it the way you want. That's okay. I don't need to know everything, and, and, and I don't have to give to a project. I won't give to the fund, but I'll, I'll, buy, I'll buy a bus for the church. Well, how do you know even God wants us to have a bus or something? So, again, you, you give to the whole. You give in faith but you do your homework. Let me talk to you a little bit about strategic giving here. I have a calendar. How many of you have a calendar? You're probably looking at it now. Will it get done tomorrow or Tuesday? You know, I I get that. But for right now, we all have a strategic plan. You, 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 You keep your receipts because you have a strategic plan with the IRS. I have that. You have that. We all have that. But what about our giving? Is there a strategy in how we want to give as a family, as a couple? Years ago, about 150 years ago, a guy named Samuel Harris wrote this. I'm sorry that it's old. I'm sorry that it's old uh, English grammar style. I'm sorry because we're so contemporized. Okay, bro, you got that? You know, We got all of that. But listen to this now. It's rich. System always promotes efficiency. You'd agree. What would become of a man's worldly business if he managed it without system? Never executing a plan or making an investment till solicited or asked, and abandoning labor to the control of his impulse or convenience. And can he hope for any better results from a like disregard of system as a steward of God? No. From such lack of order, what but embarrassment and failure can result to the enterprises of benevolence? And what shall we say of those professors of Christ's religion who shows so thorough an understanding of the necessity of system, but in worldly business, yet so utter neglect of it in their contributions to benevolent needs, who are full of forethought and anxious calculation to realize the utmost of their worldly acquisition, deliberate and far-sighted in planning, cautious in their executing, lynxed-eyed to discern an opportunity for gain, exact to the last fraction in their accounts, but heedless and planless in all they do for charity. Verily, the children of this world are wiser in their generation than the children of light. But the children of light show no lack of that wisdom till they come to use property for the benefit of others than even themselves. So the whole idea is to do it strategically. Next point. You've heard this one. We need to give sacrificially. We need to give sacrificially. For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability, you want to mark that down, because we talked a lot about it, they gave what they had, but even then a little bit more than what they had. They had what I call the faith window. I give, but there's a little bit that I have to trust God for to make up for what I've given to be able to continue doing what I need to do for my life. So I'm going to do that in faith. I'm going to give it sacrificially. And then it says, they gave of their own accord. Notice the phrase, begging us with much urging for the favor of participation in the support of the saints. Oh, please, would you take my money? Please let me participate in all of this. Please take this money and give it to other believers. Not to the lost, but to believers. So that these believers' needs are met for the purpose of reaching the lost. It goes on and on. All right, next, number five out of seven of these. Number five, need to give generously and expectantly. Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. You can never outgive God. Do I hear a witness on that? Amen. But I also have to expect that God will give it to me. Now, let me be careful. You're on a very slippery slope. If you give to get, that slippery slope could be. Am I manipulating God? Am I, um, you know, kind of playing with some of His wonderful promises? I, I think we could be. So I give because I already got. I give and I will get. But I don't give for the pure reason because God's going to give it back to me. He will. But if I live in that zone, I'll be expecting God to give me at a certain date, certain time, certain way. And sometimes he says, you're not going to get it in this life. You may get it in the next. So I can expect that God will give back. I can never outgive God. How, when he does this is up to him because he is Lord of all. Next. Give cheerfully. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion. In other words, not under obligation, not because your arms were twisted, not because of a sad story. For God loves a cheerful giver. This implies an attitude of giving based on willingness, not obligation. One wag said this, God loves a cheerful giver, but he also takes money from a grouch. (laughs) All right, cheerful giver. Last, <clears throat> we're to give consistently. We're to give consistently. Now that's a kind of a, a, an interesting thought, but in Scripture it talks about now concerning the collection for the saints. Did you catch that again? It's always to give to the saints. And then the saints, with what they have, is to help use that for their basic needs, but then to reach out to those who are lost. All right, And this says, as directed the churches of Galatia, so do you also on the first day of every week. So there's a consistency thing in here going on, and that's really important. We're to give it consistently, be prepared to it, not just when we particularly feel benevolent or prompted or told to do so, but we do it because God wants us to. I'm going to give you a quick little answer. What is consistently, Pastor Stan, what's the consistent part? All things considered, I think when God brings you the money, that extra resource, you receive that money, and then you know how to properly, systematically, with money management that we already taught you for five Sundays, know where that money is going to go. But always a portion of that will go to the Lord. So in a very simple statement, as often as you get paid, God gets paid. You get paid once a month? Give once a month. You get paid every week? Every week. You get a special bonus at Christmas? You give it that time. However you're given, whenever you're given, given then. All right? Consistently. Now, I don't want to put you under the law, and I certainly don't want to be legalistic. I just want to give you some things to think about. Well, how will I remember to give? Very simple. Uh, Keep a ledger, whether it's an electronic one. Maybe it's an account that you have. I don't care. Keep a ledger of some type. I suggest that you use online giving. A lot of organizations have that. A lot of churches have that. It helps people to know that they can give right away when they're out of town. They have online giving and have it done automatically taken out. I believe it's important for you to teach your kids how to give because if you're teaching them, it's going to remind you the importance of giving, the importance of everything I just said because you're not passing it to the next generation, your own children. You ought to teach that. This church is launching a brand new connection group in January that's going to offer you the opportunity in a smaller group of about eight people. And if there's more, we already have other teachers to teach the second group going on. It's not about getting more money out of you to the church. It's making sure that you stand clean before the Lord in your own personal money management of what God has given to you, and we're going to help you do that with guys that have been trained and live, live the life. So folks, I really love you, and I, I hope this series has really been helpful to you. Look at your action steps. Here they are. Go home and bring these into your own life through prayer and discussion with your mate. I will get my resources through diligent labor, creative resourcefulness, and prayer. And thank God when something comes in unexpectedly. So I will get my money through those means. Number two, I will guard my resources by paying my bills promptly, by building sales resistance, by saving them but not hoarding them, by avoiding co-signing, by managing them properly, and by looking for the very best buy. I will guard my money. All of those were biblical principles I taught weeks ago. Number three, I will give my resources according to the great commandments and the great commitment to my family's basic needs, the needs of others, And my local church, I'll give it purposely, strategically, sacrificially, generously, cheerfully, and consistently. Since I can do nothing without God's strength, I'm going to pray. Because we do have guests that are here today, I want you guests to just listen to this for a moment. We are a church that um, we take Scripture as a high holy calling to us. We believe Scripture from (laughs) index to maps, if you know what I mean from Genesis to Revelation. We believe the Bible is very relevant. We love the Lord with all of our heart, and our desire is to obey the Lord that we love by obeying His Word. And so what you heard today was not any way manipulating our people to give more. If more comes in because people are getting more adjusted to Scripture and knowing some adjustments they need to make in their life, you're not really giving to the church anyway. You're giving it to the Lord. It's coming through the church to reach others. That's fine. So you guests that are here know that all this is because we're a church that love our people, we love the Lord, and we want them to walk clean before Him. And we pray that maybe something we said today would be a blessing to you. If this didn't, then what I'm about to say, I think we'll make the greatest uh, joy to you, and that is no matter how much we give, and there are people historically and even in this church that have given way beyond, miraculously giving, but no one has given us more than God Himself, when God gave to me a depraved, desperate sinner, the free gift of his forgiveness so that I could have eternal life in heaven. And he did that when he took took upon himself the form of a servant, Jesus Christ, who is God, who went to the cross, and he says, I'm giving my life for you. And when Jesus died, he died for my sin, your sin, all sin. And he now offers to you that free gift. There's nothing you can pay, no amount of money you can give. That doesn't even matter. That doesn't even enter in. He just says, will you come to me just as you are a sinner and let me forgive you? When you look to him and you say, I need forgiveness. My works aren't going to make you happier with me, good or bad. All the money I give doesn't matter. All the social things that I do, all the religious things I do, I'm just a sinner, Lord. I need you. You are the Savior, the only Savior. And I... I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Jesus says, I forgive you. In fact, Jesus says this, truly, truly, I'm not going to tell you a lie. He that believes on me right now has everlasting. So it's all about receiving the greatest gift, eternal life, that caused God the death of his only son on the cross for you. Would you receive that you receive anything from today? Let's stand together, will you? Everyone stand with me. I'm going to lead us in a prayer of commitment now. not going to have you come to the front. This is something that if you pray, pray from the heart. I'm just giving you some suggested thoughts of how to pray as we bring this series to a close. I cannot do, you cannot do all that we've learned over the last six sessions together. We cannot do this in our own strength. But our prayer could be this. Would you bow with me? Pray with me as I pray myself for for Carol and me to, to the Lord. Heavenly Father, I know you love me, and I know you want what's best for me. I recognize now more than ever that all I have or will have comes from you. I am more interested in pleasing you than having more possession as a testimony to you and your gracious provisions for my life once again I commit from this day forward to purpose not to accumulate any further debt my goal is to keep out of debt altogether to do this I determine by your grace power to earn manage and give away my money for your glory, according to clear biblical principles. I want you to have the first place in my life, so as I I give you me, I give you all me, all my possessions. I'm willing to begin giving as you commanded, out of gratitude for all you've done for me, and an expectation that you will continue, Father, even when I do, to still provide for me. I commit myself to returning purposely, strategically, willingly, sacrificially, generously, cheerfully, and consistently the first portion of all I earn back to you. I do want to begin investing in eternity. Not to be saved, but because I am as a way to say thank you. So dear God, Father God, help me to remain faithful to this commitment by your power